God to thee. From the depths of my heart, I love you, Jesus. You're the great, you're the mighty God. You're the wonderful Savior today. Help me, oh God. I pray this morning and be with us today. You may be seated. It is a pleasure, honored to be here today with uh, the church at Melville. <coughs> wonderful. Uh, people of God, and certainly uh, this is one of the pieces of real estate in the, uh, in the world that have been certainly blessed through the years by the presence of the Lord and God's good people and uh, the anointed ministry of so many, so many uh, wonderful men of God and uh, I'm here for one reason today, because of uh, your pastor, Brother Majors, who has been an old friend of ours for many, many years. And it's good to be here today. And I came on business for the King today. Amen. If the Lord will help us to uh, preach to a little while uh, what we feel that God has laid on our heart. I don't really know how you choose preaching for special occasions. You can go down to Walmarts and there are cards for birthdays, anniversaries, even divorces now. Anniversaries and for your mother-in-law, your brother-in-law, your aunt, your cousin. All occasions. And then there are some that's for all occasions. And for just whatever it is, there's a card that would fit everyone. And, uh, but it's hard, Brother Majors, to determine in preaching what is all occasion. And uh, I'm uh, just, uh, the only way I know how, just feel after God and go by your feeling and what you feel in your heart. Praise the Lord. And uh, if it doesn't fit everybody, it fits somebody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Somebody said uh, last night in service at home that if the shoe fits wired, if it didn't, force it on. Amen. It's for you anyway. <laughs> Put a little powder on and slip your foot in there anyway because that's what you need. Praise the Lord. 
So we love the Lord today, and good to be here. And uh, Labor Day weekend, and it's homecoming for you folks here, and anniversary time for your wonderful pastor. He's been here a long time. I don't know most of his life, and that's been a long time. And uh, But uh, you've been blessed, and certainly he's blessed. Praise God. Uh, Traditional things are very traditional around Melville as long as Brother Majors is alive. Right. If they did it 50 years ago, they're going to keep doing it that way today, and won't won't ever won't ever change. Uh, amen. I'm surprised he don't have some pot-bellied stoves sitting around in here. But that's Brother Ray Majors. That's my friend, and I appreciate him. And thank God he. Somebody asked about him all the time. Where's, where's brother, how's Brother Major? I said, he's just the same as he always was. He had never changed. He, amen. Don't you appreciate him? He's got more nerve and a hollow tooth, doesn't he? Amen. He's, he's something, Brother Ray Majors is, but I, I really appreciate him. I'm glad I can call him my friend. I thought, well, we're traditional and we like homemade pudding. Somebody brought one the other night and set it on my desk. And uh, it was visiting preacher's wife, and she come by and she kept sticking her finger. And I said, "I wish you wouldn't do that." And uh, oh, well, she didn't know it was real. Yeah, it's real, real, real banana pudding. We don't believe in making uh, banana. You know, I went to a family reunion not long ago, and I was surprised. Nearly everything on the table come either from Popeye's or the Winn-Dixie Deli. And that was a disappointment to me. I can eat Popeye's chicken any day. And that old junk, that slop they serve in them delis at them supermarkets. But, uh, you know, you go to a family reunion, you expect some uh, fresh shale butter beans and some uh, field peas that was cooked that morning. And some fresh corn off the cob and some uh, upside-down pineapple cake. Mama used to cook it in, a, in, a, in a, an old iron pot. And then pineapples on the bottom with a cherry in the center of each one. Anybody remember that? And I always waited. She flipped it over. That aroma just filled the house. And you go to a family reunion today and you've got spinach that come from the Winn-Dixie Deli that was cooked last week and Popeye's chicken and cheesecake that was cooked in Philadelphia. And uh, what a disappointment. I'm glad for some traditional people. Aren't you? Amen. That still do things the way we've been doing it a long time. Still have church that good old way. Still believe the Bible. That's what's important. He'll live for God, walk with God, serve God in the truth. Oh, I feel Him here today. Hallelujah. I feel the Lord here this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, and uh, to all of our old friends, good to see you. And uh, and, uh, and we're, we're happy today to be with you in this service. In the 13th chapter of the book of Matthew... I'm going to read some uh, verses of Scripture there, verse uh, 24 and 25. But he that received, 
Amen. Verse 24 and 25. But he, verse 23, first of all. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And then Jesus said in verse 24, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Verse 25, But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And for a little while this morning, I'd like to talk to you about an enemy came. May God bless you. You may be seated. Any of you who listened to me on our radio program yesterday evening, I spent about five minutes from this verse of Scripture, but I hope I have spent a little more time than that on it this morning. It's what I feel in my heart. You know, preachers get started preaching and and you keep you start drilling, and you just hard to quit until you strike all. And uh, you get to preaching something and get started on it, and you may start again tonight, but uh, it'll wind up you'll be right back where you was until you get through with that. Somebody said I've got uh, only one message to preach, but I got a lot of different titles that are put on it. I know Jesus said the field is the world. And Jesus here is speaking. It's called a parable. He likened the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God to so many, so many things. The Lord used uh, similitudes and uh, so many ways that he he compared one thing with another. Jesus talked about the fields, the crops, the waters. He talked about animals. He made so many comparisons. That's what the parables were. And they heard Jesus speak in these parables so often. And they asked, why do you speak in parables, and Jesus answered, there were two reasons, and he looked at his own, and he said, so that you may understand, and then he looked at, at the Pharisees and the religious crowd and said, so that they may not understand. You'll have to be honest, if you are a student of the Word of God, that our Lord did a wonderful job of hiding this glorious revelation, as he said, from the wise and from the prudent. That men can study the Bible and read it. And uh, many, many years of study, but still do not have the wonderful revelation of truth. I said in our youth service on the back last night, and I watched those young people as they were dealing with uh, the foundation doctrines of the apostolic church. And I told my wife when I left, I said, it's wonderful to see young people 
that are indoctrinated in, in the Bible and in what we believe. And they were dealing with the subject last night, the right hand of God. And I uh, heard one young man leading it said, he said, I only have a seventh grade education. But I'm telling you, he quoted chapters and chapters and chapters out of the Bible. Amen. And had a wonderful, in-depth revelation, amen, of, of this great truth, amen, that this church is built upon. Can you say amen? amen. And it is a revelation. Several years ago, a man shocked the world who had been a student of theology and philosophy and spent the last uh, uh, many years in a, uh, in a seminary of theology on the East Coast. And after 37 years of studying the Bible, he stepped forth and he announced to the world and he said, I believe God is dead. Many people were horrified and shocked. Well, he was just being honest. And as far as a lot of people know today, that's what they believe. God is dead. Amen. But I'm telling you today, but unto we that know him, he is very much real and very much alive. The God that my little grandmother served. The God that my mother served. Amen. As she carried me before I came into this world. Amen, is the God that I serve, and that He's very much real and alive, and I feel Him, and I had a talk with Him already this morning, amen, and He said that everything's going to be all right, amen. Jesus uh, talked about, amen, the, the, the good seed, and He talked about the kingdom of heaven, He talked about the field. And it was compared to many things. But I want to talk today about the love of my life, the church, the church of the living God. And I, I love the church, and I believe in the church today. And my life through the years has been interwoven in and around the church. This is a part of me, amen, the greatest part of me, amen. The Word of God, the good seed is the Word of God that Jesus spoke about. I want to thank God today, amen, for all of the wonderful preaching of the Word of God, amen, that I have heard in my life. And certainly, my life has been bettered and has been enriched, amen, by the preaching of the Word of God. You know, people don't believe that children... And uh, people receive anything from preaching. But uh, I remember things uh, as a little boy, Brother Majors, that I heard old-time gospel preachers preach. And, and today, amen, it is strongly, amen, embedded in my heart and my mind and have been indoctrinated by it. And that's what we've been doing for the past 37 years. 33 or 4 years of that in pastoral ministry. And that's what we're doing today. We are trying to indoctrinate people, amen, in truth, amen, that will save them, that will preserve them, amen, that they will be able to hand it down, amen, to another generation, amen. I, I've said quite often there are two kinds of preachers that makes me want to preach, them that can and them that can't. When I hear a man who can preach, boy, it makes me want to preach. 
And when I hear one who apologizes and says, I can't, and I'm so incapable, and, and why did they ask me? And, and I say, oh God, I wish they'd ask me. Amen. Two kinds that makes me want to preach. Amen. I appreciate the preaching of the Word of the Lord, don't you? For what it means in my life. For the Bible said, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You believe what you believe, either because you read it somewhere or because you heard it. Very little, if anything, that you have accumulated that you came to it by your own conclusion. Amen. And by your own thinking. Amen. It's something you read or something that you heard. What we believe about God and this subject. And this great salvation is what we have attained by the Word of God. Faith cometh by preaching, by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And then the Bible said, how shall they hear except there be a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? And as it is written, how beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of them, amen, that come and preach the gospel of good tidings. Thank God today for the good word of the Lord. Somebody said the world has heard enough preaching. No, the world have not heard enough preaching. Amen. Most of the world have not heard any preaching today. Amen. They lie in darkness today, destitute, without God. Amen. And they do not have the message of salvation. Paul went down and he found certain believers. Amen. The Ephesians ever called. And he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, we have not heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Under what were you baptized? Under John's baptism. Paul said, John, barely baptized with water under repentance. He had no formula. He had no title. He had no doctrine. He simply baptized them under repentance. But he said, there's one that's coming after me. Who is mightier than I? And I'm not worthy to untie his shoe. The same shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Have you heard it? They said, we haven't heard it. You know why many have not received it? They've not heard it. Amen. in our service the other Sunday night. Amen. The first time he'd ever been back to preach the word of God. He throwed up his hand. Amen. And he began to cry and weep. Amen. I went back and laid hands on him. He went down, amen, between the pews like somebody hit him. Amen. What was it? He said, I never felt anything. I've never heard anything like this. And so there be or many today, amen, that do not know this truth and have not heard this gospel. And that's why we got to keep telling it. We've got to keep telling it. The seed, the seed is the word of God. Amen. He said, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Scripture said, one of the Old Testament prophets said, the time will come of a famine in the land, not of, uh, not of a thirst of water. Not a hunger for bread, but of hearing the word of the Lord. They've been prophesying for years that all the food would be gone. 
this evangelist back in the 80s traveled around and, uh, and he prophesied and preached and said within three years there would not be a, a morsel of food left in the world. My, my, I had a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich just the other evening. And I thought about that. Amen. And our man 10, 15 years ago said there'll be no food left in the world. One of our writers in prophecy wrote an article and he said that the, uh, in 1993, he prophesied and said the great tribulation had begun in 1993. I thought the other day, that's wonderful. It's 2000. We've lived through it. And it really wasn't bad, was it? It really wasn't bad. Seven years of tribulation and didn't know we was in it. Many, many things are prophesied. Many things are told. Amen, amen. But thank God for the truth that's founded in the Bible, in the Word of God. Amen. I, we've got to... Uh, We've got to keep telling this message. However uh, old-fashioned it may seem, and however to the world outdated it may be, it's said that there are prophecies and, and all kinds of interpretations going forth. One sister said we had tongues and interruptions in our service the other night. Amen. And all of this is going forth. But isn't it sad that, uh, amen, that there is, uh, you can go to so many meetings and you still don't hear, amen, the gospel preached, the plan of salvation, the oneness, amen, of the Godhead, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. I attended a funeral a few days ago of a preacher that was 88 years old. And they said he'd been preaching over 60 years. And uh, I wish I'd carried a lunch with him. They had eight preachers that spoke there. And I, I thought as I left, here heard eight preachers speaking at the funeral of an 88-year-old preacher who had pastored, preached over 60 years. And I, not, I did not hear one reference to the plan of salvation. I never heard one mention of the Holy Ghost. I never heard one mention of water baptism, the Bible way, in the name of Jesus. There was not a mention made, amen, of the coming of the Lord. There was not a mention made of the great falling away. Amen. How many there are today that have been lulled to sleep, amen, in the lap of the enemy. And believing that we can take the ecumenical Laodicean tools of this generation. And use them and apply them. Amen. And perfect the church and have a revival and get a bride ready. Amen. For the coming of the Lord. Can you say praise the Lord? There are two great and fundamental doctrines that this great church has been built upon through the years. Number one is our doctrine. Amen. The oneness of God. Amen. The revelation of the Holy Ghost. The outpouring of His Spirit. Amen. Talking in tongues. Water baptism. The only way the apostles in the early church ever baptized in Jesus' name. There's no argument about that. There's no, we, there's no argument about that. Amen. Nowhere in the New Testament do you find, amen, where they were ever baptized 
after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. No argument about that. The charismatic world does not even argue that today. But many of the charismania churches now baptizing their converts in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm telling you, brother and sister, the argument today is not the name of Jesus. The separation today is not water baptism. That's only one of the great truths that we're built upon. That's one facet and tenet, amen, is our doctrine. But there is another, amen, and that is separation from the world. And that today has preserved the beauty, the heritage, amen, of the church. Amen, the sanctity of holiness and righteousness that God has always separated His people. That God has always made a difference, amen, in this world and in His people. And either our doctrine or our separation from the world, either one of them, that if you would remove it and take it away, then the church would lose its identity. And it would be lost, amen, in the kaleidoscope, amen, and the haze of, of modern religion in this world. And it would cease to be, amen, the people of God. And so that is saying that we contend for. That is saying that we fight for. That is one thing that your pastor, amen, has contended for through the year. Amen. That we must remain and retain our identity as the people of God. People must be able to look at us and say, those are different people. There's something different about them. Thank God today that God chose and God ordained that in His Word. Praise the Lord. The good seed. Jesus said that there was a man that sowed good seed in his field. But you know what Jesus said happened the next verse? He sowed good seed, but he went to sleep. And while he slept, the Bible said his enemy came. His enemy came and sowed tares and sowed the wrong seed and sowed the weeds and the briars, the thorns, and all of the diverse plant kingdom of the world and sowed it among the grain until in many areas he, Jesus told the parable in many areas. He talked about where the weeds, the briars, the thorns, the diverse, the cursed, the hated, where it, it flourished and it, it grew up and where it sprang up and it smothered and it choked out the good seed until where all that he could see, amen, was the bad. Had a man out of that ranch that a couple of years ago and during the winter brought in bales and bales of hay. And he fed in one place. And those bales of hay were filled with thistles. Beautiful things when they bloom out. Amen. And you can just blow on it. And it, it just pollinates and the seed goes everywhere. And I, I, I cautioned him. I said, in the spring I saw... There was about an acre of nothing but thistles. And I said, uh, I want you to get your poison, and I want you to deal with that. 
Because if you leave it and you allow it, it'll be scattered and we'll have 300 acres of thistles. Amen. And in a lot of places, a lot of churches held up. That's what's happened today. Amen. The thistles and the briars and the tares, amen, have flourished. And the good seed, amen, is choked down and smothered out. And you can see, amen, a sin is flourishing, evil, compromise, worldliness, amen, all kinds of sins, amen, uh, fornication and adultery and perversion and all of these things because that has received attention, amen, and not the good seed of the Word of God. Jesus said this man sowed good seed, but he went to sleep. And while he slept, an enemy came in. And Jesus said, the enemy, how many of you know that's the devil? He came in and he sowed, he sowed tares among the wheat. Isaiah said in, in his 56th chapter, his watchmen are blind. They're all ignorant. They're all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. They, they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough. They are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his gain from his quarter. He, Isaiah talked about the shepherds that would not cry out. He talked about dumb dogs that cannot bark. He talked about greedy dogs that all they want is to fill their bellies. He talked about the sleepiness. He said, lying down, loving to slumber. We're living in an hour where people are lethargic. People are sleepy. Some of you can't hardly stay awake now. Amen. You want me to get through. Amen. You've got too much sugar in your blood. We're too fat. We're too well fed. We're too comfortable. Amen. I saw a man in the barber shop the other day, and he'd just be talking, and he'd drop his head. And he'd wake up and drop his head. I asked somebody about him. They said he's got that, he's got a disease. And just every few seconds, he drops off to sleep. I said, I know a lot of people like that. Amen. They said a preacher uh, told a lady in, in church not long ago, said, wake your husband up. She said, you wake him up, you put him to sleep. Amen. But uh, we, we're comfortable today. We're well fed. and We've got too much sugar in our blood. You hear me? That's what the prophet said. Lying down. Loving to slumber. Amen. We've got many today that are unaware of what's going on around them. We've got many that are hooked up with their little program. And they don't know what's really taking place. Amen. But Jesus said, Jesus said an enemy came. An enemy hath done this while this man slept. And he sold the tares. Amen. Churches are, are becoming apostate because the enemy hath sowed his seed in the field. Many who believe that it came about through revival... You know, one of the greatest Saul bill of goods, I believe, that the devil has ever sold God's people is this business of 
There is a worldwide end time revival sweeping the world and we all need to get hooked up and get a part of it. And many, while they have preached this little message, amen, have, have looked around and, and they said, everything's wonderful, we're having revival. But so many of them are not ready for the coming of the Lord. Not only are they not ready, but many are getting less ready every day as time goes by. Amen. Because they are sleeping. Amen. And while they are sleeping, the enemy, the devil, is sowing his seed and is sowing his tares among us. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. We're... Righteousness once reigned in so many areas and circles. Now it is, it is compromised and worldliness and, and sin. You know, we, we've reached a place in the world that we look around at, at the world and we, we measure ourselves by others. And the Bible said that's not wise. It's not wise to compare yourself to the world. It's not wise to compare God's pattern for the church to the world and say, compared to the world, it really looks good. Amen. God gave us a pattern in the Bible, and we're supposed to compare ourselves and compare the church to the pattern in the Bible. Amen. You know, the great apostolic church, and I'm glad I know about it, been a part of it through the years, but, uh, you know, the church has a twin, and that twin is already in the grave. Amen. It started the day of Pentecost. And somebody said, is God going to have a church? God's already got a church. I imagine Brother Majors has buried a mighty good church since he's been here. The Lord only knows how many good old saints of God are lying out there in that cemetery. Amen. So I'm telling you, whatever happens today, God's already got a church that have not bowed, that have not compromised, amen, that were not tainted, amen, by the devil's seed. A true church, amen, born again, holiness people who live for God and died with the faith. So the church today, amen, has a, a twin that has already gone on. Praise the Lord, everybody. You know, but we, we look around today and, we want to compare ourselves and instead of to the Bible pattern to the world. I read, uh, uh, I believe in yesterday's paper, the crown prince of Norway, uh, uh, the news, and it's worldwide news, the crown prince of Norway has moved in with his lover. And I read on in the story said that in Norway that that is the acceptable way of living. And so uh, the, the prime minister of Norway made a press release and said how wonderful it is that our crown prince has found someone to live with. And it said that 50%, 50% of the babies that are born in Norway are born out of wedlock, either to single parents or to people who live common law. I don't know how far we are behind that. But I'm telling you that that is becoming the norm. That is becoming the accepted uh, situation in our world, in our nation today. When the entertainment moguls and the uh, 
the great uh, musical giants can live that way and raise three or four children and never consider the sanctity of marriage. And it's a nation that does not blush and we are not embarrassed about it. Amen? Amen. And I'm not trying to be hard and rude and crude and unkind to anyone, but that ladies can bear their children that way, leave their raising, and come right back and bring them to church. They are not ashamed. They are not embarrassed. And in fact, they are highly agitated if everybody doesn't accept it. Well, I want to tell you, brother, amen, I'm not a Pharisee, but you're looking at one old country boy that just don't accept it today. Amen. I wouldn't want to hurt anybody, but somehow or another, because, amen, the devil has sowed the tares among us, we cannot, amen, quit preaching the Word of God. And we've got to make the difference, amen, and say that by God's grace, God's church can never be like the world. Praise the Lord. But all it takes is for God's people, God's men to do nothing, to say nothing. The sin of silence. Amen. Just to accept it. Amen. Never to express, amen, our feelings or what the Word of God says. And I'm telling you, tares will will flourish. They will grow. Amen. And that's all that we will see is a field of tares. I hear them, amen, talking about what great, great revival, swelling numbers. We're having revival. We've got brand new people at Generette from week to week. Baptizing people. God's moving. 2000 has been a good year. Amen. But I'm going to tell you what. Amen. Nothing has changed. Amen. Nothing, nothing, is a, nothing is different. It's still the Word of God. It's still the Bible plan of salvation. It's still, amen, the old standard of living that it was 40 or 50 years ago. Amen. The world is welcome to come. Amen. But we're not going to change because they've come. Amen. Amen. We, we, we're going to go ahead and do business as usual. Amen. We're going to go ahead and preach as we always have. You know, if you went to a rodeo and they found out you were there, amen, they wouldn't change and have a tea party. They'd go ahead and have a rodeo. If you, if you went to a Catholic mass and they found out I was there, they wouldn't turn it around and preach a Pentecostal message. They'd go right ahead and have a Catholic mass. If I went to a rock festival and I won't, but if I did, you know what they'd do? They'd juke and jive and holler and scream and roll in the mud and have a rock festival. I'm going to tell you if it's ever a day for the church to be the church. If it's ever time for the church to be the church. We need to be the church today. We need to preach the word of God. We need to have church like we never had church before. We need to preach until, amen, until God comes down and He rains righteousness upon the earth. Many, many have been duped. They have been deceived by the enemy. And their churches have been filled with people that are unsaved and, and do not know God and have not been regenerated and have not been born again. Amen. But they look around and they say, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful that our church has filled up? And they look around and they see that. 
And they rejoiced in the number. And we could all rejoice about more. And we would. That's the heartbeat of every pastor. That's the desire of every man of God. To see every pew filled. Amen. To see every corner. Amen. With people in it. Loving God. Loving truth. But never at a sacrifice of our message. I, I heard someone the other day. And uh, this is very thrilling and entertaining. But I, I heard someone said that it is, they have, scientists have said that two healthy cockroaches can produce 400,000 young ones in one year. That's, that's revival, isn't it? Two healthy cockroaches can produce 400,000 in one year. Brother, sister, when you killed two of them last night, you don't know what you stopped. You don't know what you controlled. Amen. My, what a, what a noble deed you did. Amen. And, and many look at that and, and they go to calculating from that and say, boy, that's revival. That's growth. We'll have a, we'll have a seminar. We'll go to teaching that. Amen. You talk about each one reach one. Amen. Brother, that's, that's each one reaching a multitude. Amen. You say, boy, that's, that's the heartbeat of God that we fill this place up. Amen. But I'm telling you, brother, in our quest for revival, in our outreach to a dying world, we must realize that we also, amen, we must preserve the message. We must preserve the seed. Praise God. Lady said, well, I, I never look like these ladies. Well, you won't be very comfortable around here. I'm going to come to church here, but I'm certainly, I'm not going to blend in with it. Well, you're going to stand out. You're going to look like a billy goat, amen, in a, in a herd of Bremer bulls. Amen. You're going to stand out. You're not going to blend in too well. Praise the Lord, everybody. And I've heard them say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be different. I'm going to change this. No, sir. Because there's an old gray-headed preacher here that says, God put me here. Amen. To be sure. Amen. That the times do not outnumber the good grain. God put me here that on those Sunday mornings to take them back to the prophets. And to take them back to the book of Acts. And to go back. Amen to the epistles of Romans. Amen down to the book of Revelation. What are they? They are the epistles to the saints. They are teaching. They are instructions. Teaching people how to live for God. How to conduct your affairs. How to get along with one another. How to build a church. How to dress. How to raise your family. How to conduct your affairs in this life. Amen. That's what the word of God is. Jesus said, go and make disciples of them. Disciple them. Disciple them to come and follow after me. Amen. Those who were not willing to be a disciple, they could not be in that little ragtag army of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. 
somehow in reaching the world. And we've got to do all we can to do it. But somehow in reaching them, we must, it is of a necessity that we continue and do that. But we must bring them in and, and teach them what it takes to serve God. And, but, and not, two reasons. We're doing that to reach the world. But we're also doing that, amen, to preserve for posterity's sake that which we already have. We had a revival meeting this year that ran three months. It was just wonderful. Move of God number of people received the Holy Ghost were baptized. Good people came into the church. And, uh, and they are bringing their families in now. Brand new people that have never walked in our doors. Had a minister left there the other night. And he left with his, with his Bible open. Amen. He left with his Bible open. He was thinking. He was searching. I looked to baptize him pretty soon. Amen. God's moving. God's working. But we had, we had many came. Amen. Night after night. Night after night. Many came. But what I'm telling you, many of them who came and they prayed and never saw them again. Some came and prayed a night or two and uh, they got enough truth to find out this wasn't what they want. I have people call me and want to know about the services from time to time. I've had them call and say, that's the kind of church I want to be in. I've had them come and look in the back door with the tambourine in your hand, look around and shut the door and leave. Never spoke to anybody, but they just looked around, Brother Major, and realized this is not what I want, this is not what I want. Somebody said, Brother, we've got to do what we can to reach them. We can't do anything to reach those people. If, if this book won't reach them, then they're going to go to hell. Amen. You, you can go fishing, and you can put all kinds of lures in your tackle box. I was at Walmart the other day, and I saw a lure with the hooks on it called the kitchen sink. It's a little kitchen sink with two hooks on it. And when you say, I've used everything but the kitchen sink, you can throw that one. Amen. You can throw anything you want. But I'm going to tell you, sinner friend, I'm going to tell you that are shopping, amen, through the discount basements of religion, and you're looking for something you want, the only thing we got to offer is the 66 books called the Bible. The only thing we got to offer is the all-rounded cross. Repentance, salvation, righteousness, holiness, right down the line. And if, if that's not what you're looking for, amen, then you'll be lost. It is not our prerogative. It is not our choosing. To alternate, to change. It is not our prerogative, amen, to add to or to take away or to juice it up and to spice it up, amen, and present it another way, amen. Anything else is a tares. Anything else. Somebody told me the other day, said, Brother Lyle, that family that came to our revival several nights. Brother Lyle, they're going to another church. We need to go get them. I said, I'm not going to get them. Amen. They came. They saw. They tasted. They heard. Amen. And if that's not what they wanted, if it's not truth they wanted, amen, then God bless them wherever they go. 
And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of folks that have come that we wish they would have went on. Amen. There have been many down through the years that have visited come to churches and people turn wrong side out to try to get them and they wish they had went. We realize, we realize that there are some that are not of the seed of God. He said we are begotten by what? By the Word of God. I believe I'm preaching to a, a church that's, that believes the Word of God today. Are you a singing church? Are you a Word church? I believe we are Word. We love the music, but we love the Word of God. Praise the Lord, everybody. We are begotten by the Word. We were not begotten by, amen, the choir. Amen. Amen. It was not some kind of music ministry that turned us on. But it was at all times preaching God's word. But there are many today in our churches that were not begotten by the word. They were brought in by the excitement. They were brought in by the music. Some were not looking for salvation, but the country preacher said he was looking for Sal Johnson. Everybody's not looking for salvation. Some are looking for a wife. Some are looking for a boyfriend. Some are looking for a business acquaintance. Some are looking for, amen, some kind of social club, amen, to be a part of. Thank God for the church today. And there are many of these people today, many of these people, that are, that are being planted we are planted in churches, amen, without being planted of God, amen. Holiness, all oh, holiness is still the heartbeat of the church. You know, I, I thought much earlier, I prayed and read the Bible last few days, and I thought about how, how we started out living for God, my wife and I. Got saved, lived for God, started out in the ministry. I never wanted to be anything but just old-time child of God. We, man, a man gave up sin in the world, tried to live a quiet, plain, simple life of a child of God, a wife that, uh, that uh, lives and dresses and adorns herself as a, as a child of God, Modest apparel, shamefaced, sober, amen, try to be the people of God. And, you know, looking back all these years later when I go and I see all the sin and the worldliness, the paraphernalia, amen, that slipped in and the, and the ungodly styles and the, amen, I look at it today and thank God today for what we started. Thank God. I never, want, never wanted to be that. Preacher told me years ago when I was a very young preacher, Brother Loud, you've got Brother Lionel, you got you 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 got potential, and said, but you just need to tone it down a little bit, and if you do, you'll get to preach. You'll preach in the larger churches. Hey, let me tell you, I'm not I'm not worried. I never read in the Bible where they said how many they had in Sunday school. I never read about the seven churches, of, Amen, of Asia, how what their number was. The Bible just talked about the church. Brother, if it was three or thirty or three hundred, it did not matter. 
Amen. You can go to heaven from there if the Word of God is preached. But you can have 5,000, my friends, and every one of them be lost today. Amen. Because, amen, they're all tears. And because nobody there is contending for the true Word of God. All I've ever wanted to do is just live for God, serve God, work for God. Amen. Go to heaven when I leave here. That's still my heart. That's still my desire today. But we see many that are turned off by old time holiness preaching. We've had people who've come to our churches that claim they believed in holiness, but they didn't know what it was. Maybe they wanted to hear somebody else preach it. But after a while, they decided that was not what they wanted to hear. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, folks, if it's not holiness preaching and holiness living, amen, that interests people, then they'll not hang around. Amen. God is not about to modify and change and turn it around, amen, to suit you and your generation. They sang that old song, me and Jesus got our own thing going. A lot of people today, that's the way they believe it. Amen. I, I don't know about grandma and I don't know about the old time way. Amen. But I, I, I know what I have. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, many are going to wake up too late. Are going to wake up too late and realize that it was not God that did that, but it was an enemy that had done that. When the church is overrun. When the church is overrun. And there are more modernist. There is more of the world, amen, that have come in than they can override. Amen. Then they have received more than they can take care of. Amen. I want revival. I want growth and God's given it. But I do not want enough people to come in that they will change the standards, amen, that have been there for 52 years. You hear me? That, that ladies with pants will be singing in the choir. And that all of a sudden, amen, that, uh, that beards and, and whiskers and, and earrings and, uh, and television and, and ball games and Hollywood and, and miniskirts and all of the world will pop up and take over the church and where that people will believe that that's the norm. Amen. We must bring them in. But brother, we must, amen, we must bring them up, amen, to the truth today. And we cannot go down to where they are to reach them. The Bible talks about the man that went from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was going in the wrong direction. That he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He talked about Jerusalem, which is a vow, which is a church, which is a mother of us all. Brother, you don't go down to get in the church of the living God. You don't go down, amen, to be a part of God's church. You've got to come up out of the home pen, out of the quagmire, out of the muck and muck, out of adultery, out of fornication, out of common law living, out of the world and boozing and drinking and cussing. You've got to come out up out of that. Jericho was below 
I went to Jerusalem more than one time. But I'm telling you, any way you go to Jerusalem, from the north, the south, the east, to the west, you've got to go because Jerusalem is on a hill out there in the middle. And you've got to go up. Brother, when you come to God, you're coming up. You're coming up. And when you leave God, when you leave the church, there's only one way to go, friend. You're going down. Oh, the devil lied to you. The devil said everything will be better. He lied to you. You're going down when you leave God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm, I'm winding down. I'm going to close in a little while. Praise God. Amen. Somehow or another, sin has to be purged out of our lives. The book of Galatians 6 chapter says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked whatsoever. A man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Many people are having the harvest today of what they sowed. They're reaping the bitter harvest of the life that they lived. And many will reap that harvest in their children. They will reap it in another generation of the life they lived. Someone came to me not long ago, said, Brother Lyle, I, I just, a man told me the other day, said, I, said, I've had so many regrets in life. But he said, one of the regrets is that I backslid. And he said, I raised my children outside of the church. I raised my children and never talked to, never went to God. And he said, now I'm old, I've come back. And I can't bring my children with me. They're set in their ways. They're made up in their mind. They've married. They're in the world. They have positions in the world. They're not interested in God. Sowing. He's reaping. He sowed it. And now he's reaping. You just remember this. That's God's true law. And it will come about. And then our many, many today have failed. Many of our churches are sowing wild seed. They are cutting some, putting some, some, uh, some herbs in the pot. A man that will be death and destruction. Job said, even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow weakness, wickedness reap the same. Solomon the wise man said, a forward man sow a strife, and a whisperer separateth Chief friends forever. But first John five and four, and I love this, he said, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Mother and dad, you can choose the easy way out. You can raise your children without any restraint without any restriction. But there'll come a better harvest. Years ago when I was a boy, we lived across the highway, the street, the little gravel road from the old church. Saturdays, Sunday evenings, our family all be getting ready to go to church. 
An uncle would come by, drink coffee and visit. He had a large family, several sons and daughters. Where are your children? Where's your boys and your girls? Well, you know, they're 14, they're 13. They don't, they don't want to go to church. I dropped them off at the rec center. The city hall can salt hop tonight, the dance. So while he went to church, his children were to stock hop. Some of you know what that is from the 50s. Drop back by on the way home, pick them up. That wasn't the way it was at our house. You go into church. Didn't always want to go, but we went. Amen. You raise those children that way. Not a one of them living for God. Not a one of them living for God. He sowed the seed. He couldn't tell a 13-year-old girl, no. He couldn't tell a 14-year-old girl, hey, you're going to church. So the better sowed the seed. But it reached the heart. The good man sowed the good seed and went to sleep. While he slept, the enemy came in. Boy, I look around the ranks of Pentecost today. The landscape is changing. The revival that God gave for the last 50, 75 years. Churches that were established by old-time gospel preachers like Brother Majors, built on the solid rock of the Word of God. Many of these went to sleep. Now the devil is sowing his tares. And there's a generation that don't know him today. If you preach this way in a lot of those churches, they'd laugh you to derision. They've never heard it, Brother Baker. They've never heard it. It's a sad, it's a troubling day for God's people today. It's a troubling day today. Somebody better wake up. We better wake up. We better cry loud. You better keep preaching that. Pull your head in the sand and look around and say everything's just just lovely and wonderful. Oh God. Some of these modernists today, they wear rose colored glasses. 
that hides all the ugly. Nothing is real, but everything's got a beautiful rosy hue to it. Oh, it's lovely and it's wonderful. God's vision us what might a revival. And they don't know that the enemy has sold the tares. And the tares are outnumbering the good grain. And they'll lose it all. They'll lose it all. They'll lose it all. Churches that I used to preach at as a young preacher, brother, many of them don't even exist. Change the sign, change the name. That's not all they change. Many of those old churches, Brother Major, they don't even have a church there any longer. Amen. The enemy have done this. An enemy have done this. Thank God today somebody believes the truth. <laughs> Thank God for folks that's built on the solid word of God. Woo! Hallelujah. I feel him here this morning. Oh, I feel that undercurrent of the Holy Ghost. Why don't you lift your hands up right where you are and talk to God. Why don't you thank God to be where you are? Thank God for a good, faithful man of God. Amen. Who has stayed with the original pattern. Thank God. Thank God for sanity. Thank God for righteousness. Thank God for holiness. Thank God for separation. Thank God for this apostolic doctrine today. Thank God for this apostolic doctrine. Well, come on, love him today. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, maybe God's dealing with somebody. Maybe God's talking with somebody. Hey, you need to get off that old rock and road you're on. You need to get off of that downward path you're traveling. Boy, you need to get off of that old modernist kick you're on. You need to go back to your roots. You need to go back to the basics. You need to go back to what your heart's telling you you need to do. Yeah, you can shop, amen, through the world of religion, but there is no Walmart when it comes to God. There is no Walmart experience in salvation. It's righteousness. It's repentance. It's turning from sin. But, oh, brother, how blessed you'll be with your stand with me this morning while they give us a song. Come on, let's talk to God again. To God, we love you today. Like Lord, I praise your name. To be like you, Lord. To be like Jesus. On earth I long. To be. Sing it, let's sing it, each one of us from my heart. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. Oh. 
changing. Amen. God is not weaker. God does not have to put up with anything. Praise God. What he has been, he still is and always will be. The Holy Ghost is just as great and wonderful. The Holy Ghost is still as holy as it ever was. The righteousness of God. Amen. Everything else is antichrist. Everything else is antichrist. Whether it's in a church congregation, a church movement, a home, a family, or an individual heart, the enemy tries to sow tares. Something planted there that will ultimately destroy us. God help all of us sometime today. Find your place to pray and seek the Lord before church tonight. I'm looking for a great revival service tonight. Amen. This kind of preaching in the morning ought to bring a lot of praying in the afternoon and a revival in the evening service. Amen. Just comes right down to it. Do you really want to be saved? You want to be a part of this world that's going to hell? Then you can just do anything they're doing. Amen. But if you want to be righteous and clean and holy, able to stand before God, face up to it. Face up to it. Pay the price for it. Praise God and get ready for the coming of the Lord. God bless all of you. Let's thank the Lord. Thank you for the missionary offering. Missing $12 and being $4,000. And I know we'll have more than that. $4,000 missionary offering on behalf of the missionaries. Thank you very much. Let's love the Lord together. Father, we are thankful. Thankful for your love and care and patience with us. Thank you for your spirit, your presence. Pray, God, that throughout the afternoon, every individual here feel the drawing, the call, the stirring of your spirit. Help us, God, to feel after you, to seek you, the name of the Lord. Bring us back tonight, God, in the spirit of revival. Bring hungry souls praying and seeking you. Fill souls of the Holy Ghost, God. Get us ready for your coming. We'll praise you. In Jesus' name. Get acquainted with our visitors. Make them welcome. God bless all of you. Be with us here tonight. Be with us tonight in the service in Jesus' name.